0: Everyone does it. The government has done it. In Florida, there are state officials in Florida who have used anti-slap in, in really uh, concerning ways. Um, there are city officials uh, on the local level who have used slaps to um, prevent people to – to suing people for petitioning their government. Um, there's a really alarming case where a group of individuals came together to fight against uh, 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 a city council's decision to engage in, uh, in asset forfeiture
1: and the city council sued them. That was Billy Easley. I'm Dwayne Lester, and this is Top Priority. Welcome to Top Priority, a production of the Americans for Prosperity Foundation's Grassroots Leadership Academy. I'm Dwayne Lester. Today's Top Priority is tech and innovation. We're going to be talking about anti-slap laws with Billy Easley, Senior Policy Analyst at Americans for Prosperity Foundation. This is one of those podcasts where I went into it not knowing a whole lot about the subject and what I learned from Billy was really quite troubling. There are some very despicable ways that lawsuits are being used to silence people. I think I learned a lot just talking with Billy. I hope you learn just as much. Here we go. So we we have a call, uh, and I'm trying to get people, you know, really wanting to do more podcasts on different things, and there's a lot to talk about and when we talk, you say, you know, one of the first things we, sh- we sh- could talk about is anti-slap. And I'm like, absolutely, yeah, let's do that. And I hang up the phone, and I'm thinking, I- I've heard this term before. I have no idea off the top of my head what it means. And then I start feeling ignorant because I'm like, surely I'm the only one in America who doesn't know what anti-slap means. Everybody else is mocking me, laughing at the ignorant guy. Tell me I'm not alone here. Tell me I'm not the only one who, who doesn't know about this. You are not the only one. And
0: let me just simplify this. Let me demystify this from the legalese here. Um, when I say anti slap, what I mean is digital free speech. What I mean is our basic right of being able to engage online and offline, uh, to make our voices heard, um, to, uh, state our opinions on views of the day, um, to, to protest, to, um, write op eds, to inform people of diverse political viewpoints and protecting our First Amendment rights from basically bad actors who want to weaponize the judicial system to silence our views. Um, that's what we're talking about. When we're talking about anti slav We're talking about the same sort of core speech rights that all of us um, enjoy, that the founders tried to protect, and quite honestly, that is a cornerstone of the American experiment. Of mutual benefit and openness, you can't have mutual benefit and openness without free speech, and that's the reason why this, uh, why anti-slap and uh, digital free speech, is is such an important issue for the tech and innovation priority initiative.
1: So help me under help me understand then what what is meant by slap? I mean, I hear anti slap. The first thing I think is, well, yeah, non-aggression principle. I'm anti slap. I'm, (laughs) I'm anti people getting slapped all day long. Um, so, I mean, we're not talking about actual physical violence here.
0: No, we're talking about violence to our free speech rights. Um, so, uh, slap stands for strategic lawsuit against public participation. Um, and I, I'm a history major. So let me go into a little bit of history here. Um, this whole thing, uh, slap, uh, emerged out of a, a law review article in the 1970s. Uh, this was a, a law professor who wrote about this really, um, alarming phenomenon of people who were getting dragged to court, um, not because they had actually written something that was defamatory, Def- defamatory meaning something that, you know, um, harmed someone's reputation in their communities, not because it, the speech itself was slanderous, but because People were dragging people into court, suing them um, because they didn't like what they said in a newspaper or they didn't like what they said on the TV, and they wanted to punish them and say, hey, look, if you don't take down or retract your article or retract what you said on TV, um, I'm going to drag you through the court system. And at the end of that, at the end of the court system, at the end of the trial, you might, you know, they might, they'll probably come out and say that you were correct, right? Right and fine against me, but you'll have lost tens of thousands of dollars defending yourself in court, right? And um, what law professors have been working on and what states have been working on is finding a way to, to fix that situation and protect speech from these strategic lawsuits. And that's a really important point. These are not about laws. These are not lawsuits that are actually targeting speech that violated people's uh, rights or that defamed them, right? The whole point about uh, slaps is that they're meant to scare people and to push them into um, silencing themselves, right? Um, and that's not something that we want to happen in this country.
1: I can understand now why you'd say this is a this is a free speech issue, and I can understand the the chilling effect that this would have because if I'm if if I'm seeing people around the town or around the country getting hit with these lawsuits that are constantly. <laughs> People are constantly getting sued because of things like this. That would that would be chilling. Uh, is this what is this what's commonly known as, as lawfare? Is this a form of lawfare? <laughs> uh,
0: so I I do know a little bit of lawfare because I I worked in a national security space um, when when I was in Congress. Um, uh, you know, actually, yes. Usually, lawfare is a term that's usually dealt with with regards to analyzing national security. Issues and, and legal issues, um, but I actually think that lawfare actually applies here in, in, a, in a broader sense, right? This is about this is not about a party trying to um, go to court to to fix a problem, right? It's about someone looking at the court system and saying, "I can use the fact that our court system is slow and time consuming and takes a lot of money and weaponize that to my benefit." The benefit, in air quotes. Being that they can silence people who they disagree with. Um, and I hate to tie it to, to broader issues here, but, um, you know, in my opinion, it's a form of cancel culture, right? Being able to, to go to the courts and say, Hey, I'm going to use the court system to, to stop the speech that you're, you're making. Right. Um, and if you don't, um, you'll pay for it. Um, that's that's not uh, a first that's not aligned with our first uh, amendment principles and it's not aligned with the sort of openness that we really want americans to be able to engage in
1: yeah I'm, you keep bringing up openness and i want to get to the mutually reinforcing principles first i want to really talk about the forms that that slap takes there i mean where where is this most commonly happening is it is it's big corporations that are doing this is it government that's doing this where do we most find where do we most commonly find situations where this is happening
0: so this is the reason why it's so easy uh well i won't say easy this is the reason why you'll see such diverse organizations work on defending um free speech online and supporting anti-slap legislation um it everyone does it the government has done it. In Florida, there are state officials in Florida who have used anti-SLAP in, in really uh, concerning ways. Um, there are city officials uh, on the local level who have used SLAPs to um, prevent people to – to suing people for petitioning their government. Um, there's a really alarming case where a group of individuals came together to fight against uh, a city council's decision to engage in, uh, in asset forfeiture, and the city council sued them. Uh, using a slap. You'll also see uh, slaps used against protesters. We actually uh, have been working with the environmental group Greenpeace uh, to create uh, uh, anti-slap digital free speech protections on the federal level. And usually we don't work with Greenpeace or other environmental groups. So it's usually not uh, the sort of partners that we're able to uh, to work with. But Quite frankly, they came to us and they said, hey, this is an example of people silencing our ability to to protest on on issues we dislike. And we said we agree with that. I I will give you um, uh, a key example um, from my home state of Texas about this that I found alarming. Uh, There was a a college student um, in Texas who had her uh, went to went to a lawyer for some work to be done and she found she thought it was unsatisfactory work, right? So she went to LegalZoom or whatever sort of review site you can, and she left a review saying that, you know, she found the work of this attorney to to be sub- unsatisfactory. And 2 weeks later, she got in the, in her mailbox a cease and desist letter that said if you don't take down this review, I will sue you. And her first, you know, reaction was well look, there's nothing wrong. I said here, this is my opinion, but I can't afford to go to court. You know, I'm I'm a college student, right? I don't have any money, right? And that's exactly the sort of mindset that these bad actors who use slaps try to profit off of, right? They try to make it where people are just scared to defend their own speech. But there are, I got to tell you Dwayne, there are tons, thousands of cases that I've looked at that uh, are examples of people using slaps to silence people. And it, it runs the gamut of of government officials, of business officials and corporations, of of powerful individuals all trying to prevent people from having their voices be heard.
1: When I started looking, looking this up, I wanted to learn more about it uh, because that's what good hosts do. They learn a little bit about what they're going to talk about so they don't come across as completely ignorant. Just about 85% in this case, right? So I I did a Google search for slap anti slap. I found the California Anti Slap Project's website, and I started looking at some of the different examples of of where slap could be used. And the first one that that they have in their bullet point just blew my mind. And it's one you honestly just talked about posting a review on the internet. So I I <laughs> I'm a, I read reviews all the time about products before I buy them because i can't hold it in my hands i can't look at it i can't judge so i want to know what other people have said how often is this happening because i think that would be one of the most common ways that someone could could face one of these most people aren't aren't i don't think find themselves in situations where this would be used against them except for leaving a review on the internet is that is that common does that happen a lot oh it's the
0: predominant way and that's the reason why actually one of the one of our biggest partners in promoting uh, this digital free speech protection, is Yelp, right? Because they hate the idea of their uh, community members doing the right thing, going out of their way to leave accurate reviews and being subjected to lawsuits for it, right? Um, Yeah, this is... I've heard a claim that as, as much as 60% of these cases are instances of people, uh, of businesses, basically suing consumers online who are just trying to inform people about you know, what they thought of a product or a service. And that, that not only, um, you know, not only harms consumers' ability to, to pick the right product or service, but it, it also just, uh,
1: it really grinds my gears, Duane, is what I'm saying here. <laughs> <laughs> well, here, another bullet point that I, I, I really couldn't fathom. It, it shocked me to see this on here. And maybe you know examples of this you can share with us. But it, one of the bullet points is reporting police misconduct. How has that manifested itself?
0: What will wind up happening is um, someone can re- report police misconduct or uh, report any conduct, honestly, and government officials can can sue about that uh, if if it's not clear about it. Um, I actually want to. Um, if this is this doesn't go directly to your point, but I, I do want to illustrate um how people will use police reports, um, as, as an opportunity to sue someone against their free speech. Um, and the example that I want to use is, uh, Courtney Butterton in Tennessee. I've written about her case. Um, this is a young woman who, um, went online, um, after she had, uh, someone reach out to her on a, on a dating app and she rejected that individual told him that she didn't want to go on a date with him. And she wrote about her experience. And she said, hey, you know, I, I, you know, I got contacted by this guy. He was really kind of creepy. And I decided that I didn't want to date him. Right. Turns out somehow this individual um, found out about her Facebook post saying this and went to her home and tried to enter her home. So she called 911 on him and said, hey, this is crazy person who wanted to go on a date with me who was trying to break into my house please send someone to help me 3 weeks later she got sued and the reason why he sued her is that he used the 911 report and the police report and her statements on Facebook and said hey this is defamatory she said i was some crazy guy she was trying to you know defame me and and ruin my reputation in the community right now luckily Ms. Butterton was in Tennessee and Tennessee is a state that we worked with uh, our AFP state team to pass an anti-slap law just last year. So she was able to get his case thrown out immediately And that's the sort of thing that we' we're, we're trying to help out here And I, I bring out that point because yeah you know it's it's bad enough that these slap suits harm consumers right and harm people who are leaving reviews on websites. But that's not the only danger here, right? There are people who are weaponizing the the courts um, to really harm people in really scary ways. And um, I also just wanted to highlight it because it's an example of the sort of good that we've done as a community to help pass laws um, that, that stop that sort of behavior.
1: I like the use of the word weaponization. It's actually a word I was going to use and you used it and I was like, yes, okay, it's in there. Because this really is a weaponization of the legal system. You're using the legal system as a weapon to shut people up or to shut people down. And I'm curious if you could tell me, you, you said it's being used in a way that's really scary. Tell me more about that.
0: So one of, the, you know, one of the instances that I would bring up, similar to the Courtney Butterton example I brought up before, is there have been a lot of women who have been targeted for slap suits, um because they wanted to stand up and be brave and talk about circumstances of, of sexual assault that they've experienced. Um I know people for I know people have heard about Harvey Weinstein um for example, right? Harvey Weinstein um was very well known for threatening women with with slap suits if they would dare to, you know, discuss um the sexual assault uh allegations that that they that they had experienced. So I mean, it's a bullying tactic. And that, to me, is scary. Right. And it's it's something that I think what's clear here is not only is it something that's scary, but it's something that can be easily fixed. Right. It's something that we can uh, that on the state level, we can uh, get multiple coalitions together to to change. But if we don't, then it subjects women, protesters, so many other people who are just trying to exercise their rights and and prevents them from from being heard. I, I think that's a scary thing.
1: When you bring up rights, it takes us back to the vision. We break barriers that stand in the way of people realizing their potential. This moves our society towards one of mutual benefit, where people succeed by helping others improve their lives. And I think it's really clear when you start walking through these how the use of, of the legal system as a weapon really creates barriers it, it, towards our, our free use of speech. We we're being told that we can't say certain things because because if we do we'll catch a lawsuit for it and that that speaks to equal rights um what, my first thought and feel free to, to add any more i'm sure there's a lot more that i haven't thought about but when i think of mutual benefit it goes back to those amazon reviews you know i'm i'm at that age where i'm like oh you know i really need a new uh, ironing board cover i wonder which one's good and if there's a litigious ironing board, manufact you know cover manufacturer out there that's slapping people down because they dared to say this one actually uh, I didn't like that that is not to my benefit. That's yeah. that's keeping us from having that mutual benefit and of course openness. What have I missed there? When you when you think about the mutually reinforcing principles, what am I not bringing to light? I mean, the two that I
0: always bring up, you know, you know how this goes whenever. If as a um, you know, as a policy person, every single time I have to advocate for um, a, uh, a policy um, uh, for a reason for why we should engage in a policy. I have to tie it back to our, our principles. And to me, the the goals of openness and mutual benefit are the reason why we're engaging in anti-slap legislation in favor of it, right? Because it's so clear um, people aren't going to be willing to discuss topics, uh, leave reviews, talk about you know, really sensitive subjects if they know that they can be sued for it and if they know that they can lose, even if they're in the right. And with regards to mutual benefit, it's exactly the Amazon review example that you brought up, right? We benefit from dialogue. Human beings are social animals, right? We get knowledge from talking with people uh, of different viewpoints, right? And the more things that we have, the more barriers we have in the middle of that, of us being able to engage and talk to each other, the worse we are. And I think that uh, slap, uh, slap suits are one of those barriers. And I'm, I'm glad that we as a community have decided to engage and try to break that barrier.
1: Why do you think it's important that? I mean, you said at the, at the beginning, I, I brought up anti slapping. You said this is really about digital free speech. If, if you were talking to somebody for the first time about this, how would you approach it? Would you approach it as, look, it's important that we have this digital free speech? What, what would you say to someone who, right out of the gate, says, I've never heard of this, tell me more?
0: Uh, I would say, isn't it crazy that someone could possibly say something that's completely innocuous, say something that's accurate, say something that's true, and be sued and dragged into court for it? And not because the other side thinks that they've actually been harmed, but because they just want to— make sure that that person has uh you know loses as much money as possible in court isn't that wrong right uh i tie it to digital free speech because uh for two reasons first of all because anti-slap is a mouthful uh and second of all because most of the time what we're seeing we've i mentioned before the history of this that it started um as you know people suing people for what they put in their op-eds on newspapers and things like that right Now, most of these cases are on the internet. It's migrated to the internet because that's how we talk nowadays, right? We engage online. So I think it's important to really talk about as a digital free speech issue, uh, mostly because it's accurate and also because I think it just – it naturally goes to the fairness of what we're trying to fix here. I think people naturally understand that it's fair for people to be able to discuss topics online without uh, being subject to a lawsuit for no real reason.
1: Is the digital aspect part of it the reason that we're we're dealing with it more in tech and innovation rather than the free expression pi? Or is this kind of a, a co uh, an issue that coexists in both priorities? So I really think if you look at
0: it, if you squinted pretty hard at this, I think you'd have to say that it interacts with the free speech pi very closely, right? Um, uh, I don't want to go too far into free speech uh, land here, but like when I used to previously work on the free speech pi and we focused a ton on campus free speech issues and we did that for the exact same reason that we're focusing on anti-slap right because we do not want barriers uh to public speech uh existing right we want people to feel safe uh uh, being able to to discuss their opinions and their views um and both of these issues go to that uh campus free speech and and anti-slap um So, yeah, this is clearly, uh, as one of my law professors would say, an interdisciplinary sort of thing, right? This is uh, one of those things where both the free speech PI and the tech and innovation PI, uh, we talk about this topic a lot because of how interrelated it is.
1: I had another question. I mean, I was listening to your answer and like, okay, ask this question next. And now I've lost it. Oh, I remember what what it was. Uh, Tell me about uh, Tennessee. Tell me about since it's happened in the past, um, we can we can talk about what happened there and what that law does.
0: Uh, So our state team in Tennessee uh, just did a masterful job building up a coalition in favor of uh, uh, digital free speech protections. And they were the first state that we worked with on this. Um, And really, they're they're the banner example that I use all the time. Um, for two reasons. Because, first of all, they looked at this and they were like, all right, first of all, what's with the name Anti-Slap? How, how do we actually talk about this? How do we message this? Um, who who are our external partners here? Who are our policy champions on this? Um, and they really started it from, they, they translated it from my policy perspective to the real sort of governmental action that our state teams are, are great at. Um, so what they did was they contacted... Um, uh, the Tennessee Media Association, because journalists are frequently the target of slap suits, right? And the Tennessee Media Association nonpartisan organization was more than happy to help uh, AFP Tennessee with regards to this issue. Um, they reached out to the ACLU and said, hey, look, we think this is a great example. We've already worked with you guys on criminal justice issues. Here's another thing that we can work on. Um, we don't want people to be you know, carted off to the court for protesting issues and as members of the the ACLU doesn't either. So um, it was a perfect sort of bedfellow situation where even though we're at opposite ends, we both want to protect these these rights and we were able to get the ACLU in support of it as well. Um, and then we were able to uh, reach out to basically good government groups, um, groups that contact whistleblowers um, are, are focused on, um, you know, basically the government, uh, government accessibility to documents and, and public accessibility, uh, to documents and, 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 Freedom of Information Act requests. Um, now those groups aren't typically harmed by anti-SLAP, but they saw this as an example of, um, both the government using, uh, um, suing people first for speech and also just uh, a fundamental unfairness issue. Um, so they were willing to join us. So at the end of the day, we had over, um, over 20 organizations, um, supporting this issue, uh, in Tennessee. And, um, with a diverse coalition like that, that is speaking with one voice, uh, about, uh, how important it is for, for the government to, to, um, prevent these sorts of su- uh, lawsuits from moving forward. Um, we were, we were able to get a resounding victory in the, uh, Tennessee General Assembly. So that's the reason why I always use uh, Tennessee as an example here, because not only were they able to translate my policy gobbledygook into phrases that people understood and messaging that people understood, but they were also able to recognize really interesting, diverse partners that we could bring to the table uh, to push this forward.
1: This seems like something that has been with us for a long time, because you're talking about letters to the editor and, and you're talking about things that were generally happening in print. Now they're happening more in digital. Just to close this out, are we seeing an increase in this overall, or is this something that's being decreased? How, how prevalent is this in society? Is this something that next time I leave you know, a review on the Wizards of the Coast website because they put out yet another edition of the Dungeon Master's Guide, am I going to have to worry about this? Uh, you know, Is this something that is increasing more and more and more?
0: Uh, it is increasing, unfortunately, um, and the reason why is because um, large corporations and small businesses recognize the importance of reviews on their bottom line, right? If, you, if you're if you getting really negative reviews, that has a measurable impact on how many people are going to buy your product or go to your service, and some of them, uh, instead of simply offering better services or offering better products, see this as the sort of easy loophole to get those reviews removed. Um, it's, it's funny. I had a situation where I, I when I moved to DC, um, I used a moving service uh, and I did not think they did a particularly good job. So I left them a negative review. And a year later they called me and they said, Hey, would you take that down? And I said, no, <laughs> I'd rather not. Cause you didn't do a great job, um, but at least they didn't sue me. So I appreciate that. Um, but sorry, I, I kid. I joke. Uh, the point is, Yes, this is a serious issue. Um, there are court cases uh, going on in the federal courts right now that uh, that are slapsuits. And um, and I think it's really important to give judges the power and the authority to look at these lawsuits and say, hey, there's no real case here. I'm not going to reward you for this behavior. I'm going to end this case immediately. Um, I think that's really going to be a, a major benefit, and I think we need to do it before these cases uh, increase further.
1: What is there about this issue that maybe you wanted to talk about, but I haven't asked a question about? Is there anything that you wanted to make sure got said that I haven't given you the opportunity yet?
0: I think I've said it already, but I really want people to understand just just how powerful the legal system is um, and how threatening it is to individuals who don't really understand the legal system. I'm a lawyer. So if I got a, a cease and desist from someone who said, I want you to remove that, that um, that uh, specific review, I'd be giddy about it because I get to go to court and fight about it. That, that's perfectly fine with me. But if you're a college student, uh, if you're a protester, if you're a community leader, uh, if you're a journalist, if you're a, a woman who, unfortunately, was sexually assaulted and, and want to speak about what happened to you, those are all instances. Those are all examples of people who have been subject to this sort of weaponization and this specific legal tactic. And I think it's atrocious um, that it's going on, and I think that uh, it's really important for people to recognize that this is not just, um, it's not just a review thing. This is a serious issue um, that touches tons of people's lives, and I, I hope that really motivates people to want to engage on it to protect these people's speech.
1: Big thanks to Billy Easley for always being willing to hop on a Teams call or a Zoom call or just an old-fashioned cell phone and talk through an issue with me. This was one of those I, again, learned so much from Billy, and I hope you did too. If you have any questions about tech and innovation, this priority initiative, or any of the other priority initiatives that we've talked through on this podcast, please send me an email at toppriority@afphq.org. I look forward to reading them. Until next time, take care and we'll see you then.